Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name is something. I forgot it. And that's the guy over there. His name's something else, but I also forgot it. Because um, we have amnesia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can only hold 10 matches, and it's very dark. Because of amnesia. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot I had these pockets. We are talking about Amnesia Rebirth. It's a new game in the Amnesia franchise. Uh, released just in time for Halloween, and we played it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but before we do, as always, this episode is brought to you by you. You can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly and get a metric fuck ton of additional bonus content. Uh, you can also go to zerobrightness.com to find links to everywhere else we are on the internet, including social media and Bandcamp, where we sell music and merch. Um, new thing we've been doing is video playthroughs of games. Uh, so, you know, there's videos of us playing recent games we've covered and playing random games. Uh, so if that sounds interesting, we also talk over them. It's fairly entertaining. It's not just like a yeah. uh, playthrough walkthrough or something it's fun yeah we'll hang out yeah so if you like that go check that out uh you can also vote you know we have some voting set up on patreon too and so we have our first patron chosen game episode coming up mm-hmm. soon and, and of course it's silent hill Come on. of course it's silent hill yeah the <laughs> the rng gods smile upon us and gave us a silent hill in the poll and of course everybody voted for it so <laughs> okay so amnesia rebirth uh, mm-hmm. so this is the newest game from frictional who are mm-hmm. the people that made you know penumbra the original amnesia and soma one of my favorite games ever uh and they notably didn't make the sequel to amnesia a machine mm-hmm. for pigs yeah, uh, that's actually made by the Chinese room, which is actually a cool dev, but most people do not seem to like that second Amnesia game at all. Yeah, opinions seem to be pretty split. Like, some people like it, some people hate it. You know, I think it's probably one of those games that got a lot of hate just for not being by the original devs, and... Mm. The original Amnesia is such a big deal to so many people that it's kind of like dangerous to muck about with the <laughs> franchise you know like it's kind of like yeah you're really playing with fire when you're like we're gonna make a new amnesia so i was a little confused when they announced that frictional was like we're gonna make a new amnesia because <laughs> it's like well yeah. first of all the name is confusing this isn't a remake of amnesia that's number one. Oh yeah rebirth come on because yeah everybody thought it was gonna be a remake right yeah it's not a remake it's a totally different game mm-hmm. uh but it has so many elements mechanically from the first game that at times it does feel a bit like a remake. Like, oh, what if yeah. the original game wasn't clunky and was really pretty? That's like, there are long <laughs> sections of this game that play like that. Well, it, it takes so much from the original game that, um, like, clearly it's, you know, a um, fan service. But at the same time, I think there's two sides to that. The The negative of that is that a lot of times it does feel antiquated. Yeah. So this game is like super weird. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so, I mean, just for my personal feelings, like going into it, I mean, mm-hmm. I love Soma so much. I've talked about it so much. It's just such a great game. And I think what was really attractive to me about Soma was that they're, and they've said this in interviews, that their philosophy was like, let's push our game design forward, right? Because they have their own narrow lane that they chill in, in terms of the types of games they make, how the games play, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they wanted to take that and expand it and push it forward and see what they could do with it. And Soma in that regard is like really, really good. I mean, just how different it is from other games, the way that it solves certain gameplay problems, you could say, and like the end product, the way it all comes together. Super cool game. So they hadn't made a game for a few years. You know, it's been five years since Soma came out. Yeah. And that seems to be pretty standard for them. Like they and they only have three games. So it's like the fourth game, that's a big deal, right? So they had mm-hmm. been teasing something new and you know, people knew we're about due for another frictional game. And then they announced they're making a new amnesia. Which to me was just kinda like What? <laughs> like <laughs> why would why would you do that? Because you're this studio that's had such great success, like pushing each game further and further and further like Mm. the leap from penumbra to amnesia and then from amnesia to soma is like huge it does seem kind of like a safe choice when you think about it yeah and that's ultimately i mean i think the thing with amnesia rebirth is going into it you have to expect that it's not going to be another leap like that because it Mm. isn't um i would say that this game is more like a reimagining of an amnesia type game or to compare it to soma it's sort of like if you made a soma type game but that was just a much more traditional spooky horror story well i think that's what that is because i read some quotes from the developers and they said that you know they wanted to make a game in the amnesia formula with the amnesia feel but they wanted to take what they learned about narrative and put that into an amnesia game because they you know they learned all that with soma so yeah it's it's like kind of a mix between soma's storytelling style and amnesia gameplay i guess yes but also the gameplay has been hugely improved like it's you know obviously it's 10 years later (laughs) and it Mm -hmm. feels like it like uh this game is such such an improvement on Amnesia to the point where I think that even though it uses so many of the same mechanics and ideas and like you said, they are starting to feel pretty dated. Uh, I still feel like all the criticisms you could have made about the original game don't really stick to the new game, you know, like Mm. where it's slow and it's clunky and it's, uh, you know, it stops you for too long. Like this game really doesn't have those problems, which I think is is really cool. Like, you know, regardless of what you think of it, it doesn't have those problems um which i appreciate a lot yeah that's true i i think um this game is still running on the original amnesia engine too that's just been like severely updated the same same way with soma was i think which is kind of um interesting and also I, i think you can feel it creaking and groaning at certain points you know sure yeah i will say that this game is like super gorgeous um I think like Soma, a lot of it is up to the design, Um, like really great design, really great lighting and color choices and stuff. But it also is just technically impressive, you know? Well, Amnesia 1 was all just like dreary hallways, like the whole game. This game actually has like 
vistas that are fucking gorgeous. So yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, well, and so this is a new game where we're definitely going to hit a point in this conversation where we want to drop a spoiler tag. Um, We're not there listener. (laughs) We're not there. We've been recording for eight minutes. We're definitely not there, but at some point, like we're going to want to drop a spoiler tag. So I feel like maybe up front, it's good to just talk about like talk about the game in general and maybe give some general thoughts and feelings Mm -hmm. on it. Cause like, yeah, like I said, going into this game, I was not expecting much weirdly like i was both expecting the world because i think they're a great developer and also not expecting much because this wasn't the project i wanted them to release and i have to say that this game fucking blew me away actually by the end of it i like loved this game um nice but i think that it's a slow burn in just about every way Mm -hmm. um and it starts really slow i think yeah, but I think that is to its advantage because it really lets you get a handle of the mechanics and then it slowly starts to raise in intensity. And then towards the end of the game, it does really feel like a um, a fast-paced sprint to the end sometimes. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, I, and I think that it because of that, I do want to talk a little bit about sort of like what the game does turn Mm -hmm. into eventually because i think that's going to be the selling point for a lot of people who are either on the fence or are not planning to check it out yeah and it it does seem like initial uh reviews of this game are pretty middling um yeah amnesia fans aren't in love with it and then you know games journalists are giving it kind of like middle of the road you know sevens and eights so yeah totally i was really surprised to see that Maybe not surprised because it does come off like a lot of stuff by people who only played the first couple hours of it, which like is sort of my secret thing that I think about a lot of people on the internet, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether they're professionals or not, is that they only play the first couple hours and then are like, all right, got my opinion. Here we go. They reviewed the trailer. (laughs) Yeah, basically. But what is cool and what took me by surprise with Amnesia Rebirth uh, is that it is basically a kind of lovecraftian fantasy Mm -hmm. sci-fi horror story um yeah that's what it becomes at around the halfway mark and it just keeps going further and further and further down that path Mm. so i think that if you only play the beginning of the game you would think that it was a lot like the original amnesia where it's just this kind of like spooky old-timey exploration this time it's a desert instead of a you know a manor but it's still the same idea you know Um, and you get some flashes of crazy psychedelia you get some weird kind of mind-bending world-bending stuff Mm -hmm. uh, but not a ton of it and then i would say around maybe after the first third or the first half somewhere around there it just goes full bore into the crazy sci-fi fantasy Lovecraftian horror tale. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for sure. And it's basically at the point where your character, you know, from the very beginning that you have this weird device that can kind of open portals that Mm -hmm. take you to this other world. But 
the other world just keeps expanding and the amount of time you spend there gets longer and longer and longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it's really like the first time in a game and one of the few times in any media really where you actually get to fully explore and take in this like vast overwhelming other world. Yeah, I mean, if if you're like wanting to spend some time in the in the mountains of madness, like this is the game for you. Yeah, and it's it's crazy how playing this made me realize that you really never get to do that. You know what I mean? Like even <laughs> movies well, like At the Mouth of Madness or Marbito or games that are you know games like Eternal Darkness, you yeah. really they yeah. all stick to the original Lovecraftian idea of a horror that you can't see, or if you saw it, your brain can't comprehend what it is, which is like, we're over that dude. It's 2020. (laughs) Stop it. And so this is the game. That's like, what if you did that, but you actually showed the player, like literally everything you get to see the world, you see the creatures, like nothing Mm -hmm. is unknowable and it actually works so well in my opinion. Yeah, and well, I, I was going to bring up Mario Bito and Eternal Darkness because I feel like Eternal Darkness is the only game that's kind of tried to do that, that I've played at least. And Mario Bito is kind of like, it reminds me of this game so much because, it, you know, in that movie, this guy like explores underground tunnels in like Tokyo subway system and finds this other world, right? And mm-hmm. here it's um, the protagonist, Tasi, exploring a, a cave system in the desert. So yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's just like a really cool parallel there, and you know they're both clearly not nods to Lovecraft. So yeah, well, and it, you know we talked about it in the Eternal Darkness episode, and maybe in some other episodes, but like you know Lovecraft is obviously uh, pretty radioactive, like the very influential horror writer, but also a horrible racist piece of shit, mm-hmm. and a lot of his a lot of his. Uh, you know, quote unquote horrors were just based on like ethnic stereotypes. Like he was basically scared of black people and he hated Jews and then was like, Mm. basically wrote them into monsters. It's kind of like how Stephen King is apparently terrified of Maine. And so he just wrote a bunch of books about how Maine scares him a lot. Uh, (laughs) You know, but with Lovecraft, I think that the, the way to do it because it is so influential and he did create this original idea that served as a seed for a lot of other creative people. The way to do it is just to create your own mythos and create your own world and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think like eternal darkness is a good early stab at that, Mm -hmm. but it's also like so Lovecraft that you can't, you can't give it like, too many points for being original because it's like i'm glad that they changed the names and they made their own mythology i think they did a good job but it's also so close this game is cool because it's not close at all i'm saying um this game is probably the best lovecraft game (laughs) and it's not even official yeah well, there, yeah, for sure. I mean, there aren't really a lot of good ones, honestly. I mean, yeah. we were having this conversation the other night uh, that it was like just trying to list off like Lovecraft shit, like video games and stuff. And I was like, man, they're all they're all like mediocre. You know, mm-hmm. there aren't even a lot of them that are like horrible. You know, I mean, arguably, we did an episode. Monica and I did an episode on the Sinking City. That was arguably pretty horrible, but at the same time was like kind of cool in some ways but 
Uh, yeah, most of them are just mediocre. So it's cool to see. Yeah. I mean, I love Eternal Darkness. I think Eternal Darkness is great, but that was like 20 years ago almost. So it's cool to see something newer that actually does something that's cool with the Lovecraft idea. Definitely. So in this game, you you play as Tazi Trianon, which is a name that you'll hear over and over and over. Uh, <laughs> in my head, I kept correcting it to Tazi QAnon, which is obviously her like American like asshole version. Oh, no. What is you doing? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so well, you know, one thing I actually do want to talk about. I actually don't. You know, the setup in this game. It's kind of vague, obviously, because you're supposed to be amnesiac, right? Like, <laughs> well, you're you're on an airplane with your with your uh, husband that loves stuffed animals, and and some other people that aren't introduced. And you yeah. look outside, and uh, just you see a flash of Lovecraft world, and uh, the plane crashes, and you wake up in the plane, and everyone's gone because yeah. you have amnesia. Well, and. It's funny because I actually didn't totally get that that was supposed to be her husband right away because she gives him a stuffed animal, so I thought it was like her adult son or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, just a really weird way to uh, introduce the love interests of the story. Yeah. I One thing I'll say about this game, too. So in, in regards to Amnesia, like the game is called Amnesia. Uh, mm-hmm. In the first game, I kind of felt like that wasn't done super well half because the story literally makes no sense ever like and it could be completely ignored too yeah like i liked it as a atmospheric element like the kind of listening to people read journals thing and the sort of victorian ghost story vibe i liked that about it but in terms of the details i really couldn't tell you anything about it and i didn't care um so it was funny playing that game. There are moments where you just totally, and, and I like Amnesia also. I, I like that game. Right. Uh, but there's moments where you just forget that the structure of the plot is that you have Amnesia. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, <laughs> looks at box. Yeah. It's like, why is this guy so fucking weird? And then, yeah, you look over at the box and you're like, oh yeah, Amnesia. Oh, amnesia. <laughs> but I think like you were saying, this game is a huge improvement. Like they definitely took the lessons they learned making Soma and they improved their storytelling and the structure of the story so mm. much that the way the game slowly reveals who your character is and what happened is really satisfying and really good. Mm. Um, I do think that the basic premise of a amnesiac character that you are playing as in the first person is kind of flawed because it means that the first couple hours are going to be confusing and sometimes boring because you're not mm-hmm. really invested yet so that is just kind of a design problem but I think the, the everything else about it I really liked just like in the first game the story is told through like notes and uh, audio recordings uh, but here they, they actually add to that and they give you a story through uh, loading screens which actually have some really good yeah. like drawings uh, to go with them because the the protagonist is an artist and so she's like always mm-hmm. like sketching in her sketchbook like um, even like the puzzles will have sketches sketches and everything and so um, yeah not only are you getting like old school type of narrative drops like in any horror game but you're also getting more I feel like background story comes through like her family story comes through the loading screen which is kind of strange 
Yeah. So the game, I love the loading screens. I thought that was such a cool idea that they did and they did it really well. But overall, the game uses a bunch of different storytelling methods. And that's why I think it's a lot more successful than the first game. Um, So like, okay, Mm. you have normal cutscenes, right? Okay. Then you have these kind of flashes that are in a similar style to the loading screens. Like you'll be walking around, you'll get a flash of one of these pencil drawings and then with voice acting underneath it. So Mm -hmm. you'll basically see a scene play out in that way. And those will just kind of happen as you're walking around. Those are like flashbacks and she'll remember something. Uh, Then you've got the loading screens, which are super important because, yeah, basically... 90 plus percent of this character's backstory is revealed through those loading screens Mm -hmm. and they're also really well done like they're kind of minimalist and strange and at first you might not totally get what they're doing then once you do get what you're what they're doing it's like oh that's fucking cool yeah it's, Um, it's it's also a great way to just utilize downtime you know yeah totally like you're just sitting there you're not doing shit so yeah yeah, have a story um (laughs) But then there's, uh, there are the notes that you mm-hmm. would have found in the first game. Like in the first game, some of them are narrated uh, and some of them aren't. There are a ton of fucking notes, as you'd expect. Uh, and then there are these weird like canisters you find that are basically just narrated notes. Oh, yeah. The uh, amnesia cans. Those were in the first game, too. Oh yeah, I kind of yeah. forgot about. It. They're just in a really different context here. I guess, yeah. I think those are like other people's memories, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so like basically when you start exploring the other world, you find that there's like an entire civilization there and mm-hmm. you start to find those people's memories and thoughts and stuff in addition to their notes of course because they leave notes uh yeah. <laughs> lying around <laughs> of course um so yeah it was interesting because i felt like the core narrative the stuff that you find in cutscenes, flashbacks and loading screens was really great and i thought the way that that mm. was delivered was really great but yeah the reliance on notes just felt super dated um and kind of clunky I think one other problem with the narrative is that, you know, not getting into spoilers at this point, but um, uh, on the plane, you're with a group of people and through all the notes, you're finding out what's happening to this group of people, but there's never really an introduction to this cast of characters. So I found them really hard to care about, like all of these auxiliary characters in your group. Right. Yeah, no, that that's totally fair. I kind of felt that way, too. I think the thing that makes this game story like work really well for me personally is that a lot of that kind of stuff is sort of secondary. So a lot of the story that's in the notes or in those canisters is clearly secondary, you know, even like the other characters. Yeah. It's hard to keep them straight, but they're also once again, pretty secondary. And like when they're supposed to be in a scene and have like Mm -hmm. a, a lot of like presence in the game, they do. But yeah, it was still pretty confusing. There was there was a point where um, I, you know, I I was confronted by one of these characters later in the game, and I was just like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a bit of that. Um, and yeah, that kind of goes back to the whole amnesia thing, where it's like mm-hmm. it's not an amazing way to tell a story. But I do feel like the what they did with it in this game is really far surpasses what they did with it in the first game. 
Totally. Uh, and it's definitely better storytelling than in than is in all those fucking like JRPGs where you're like an amnesiac guy and then it's like, oh, actually you're the son of God or something. <laughs> so we're we're still working out the kinks in storytelling in these games. I th- I feel like we've been talking about it a lot lately, you know. And this is such an old school approach. Um uh, yeah. Yeah, it is it's it's strange. I think that I'm still trying to mull over how I feel about the way that they made this game cuz it mm-hmm. like I said, I love this game. I thought it was fucking great, but it's also clear that they modeled it closely on the first game and so there's all this like 2010 shit that creeps into the game <laughs> yeah and i mean you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but at the same time you do want to innovate I don't yeah know. well let's talk about maybe some of the stuff that is different because i think what what's the same is pretty clear there's tons of notes there's listening to people read the notes uh mm. there's wandering around in the darkness Um, Yes. I guess that's like the main thing you do in this game is wander around in the darkness. Lighting matches, lighting candles, lighting lanterns. For some reason, you can only carry 10 matches. Come on. What is this? What is this? The evil within? (laughs) It's definitely the evil within because you also got a big ass lantern, dude. And of course, Uh, there's uh, insanity mechanics, right? Yeah. So... There, those actually work really differently than in the first game, and so does the exploration, which I think is one thing that really sold me on this game. Um, yeah. Okay, so if you haven't listened to our episode on Amnesia, you can go listen to it. If you haven't played it, I mean, you should probably play it. It's like one of the more important <laughs> modern horror games. Uh, but in that game, you have matches that you can use to light, you know, candles and lamps that you find around the environment you're exploring and the game tells you that you need to stay in the light otherwise you go crazy yeah um you start to lose sanity there isn't a meter or a bar or anything it's like you just start getting more sanity effects and they start piling on until you're like seeing bugs and hearing bugs and losing your fucking mind and blah blah blah. Mm um you also have a lantern that keeps that at bay and lets you see better but lantern oil is like really rare um I felt like in the first game, there's a couple problems with that system, which is that they're so, so, so stingy with the matches and lantern oil that like you run out a lot and you're just sort of like plunged into darkness to the point where it's kind of not fun to play. Like it stops being scary at points and just flips over into being like frustrating. Annoying. Yeah. And the other problem is that by the dev's own admission that the game doesn't play by its own rules. That like sure. everything in it is kind of just a ruse. It's like a trick by the developer. Uh, so when, if you try to play the game well or do everything right, you're not really like rewarded for it. Which once again, it's an interesting social <clears throat> idea or experiment, but it's not good game design. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think in this game they really overhauled all that so that it actually works like it's intended to work. It is more like game design and game mechanics, but it also still kind of like feeds into the horror of the game. It is more obvious when your fear level is raising and it's more obvious when you're safe. Um, when you get into like a really dark place, like this kind of purplish night vision 
uh, washes over. And then you can sort of see in the dark, like a foot or two. Um, once that like purple night vision turns on, you know that you're kind of like slowly losing sanity and you want to get to a light fast, but, uh, being completely in the dark in this game does not break the experience. Like I feel like it did in the first game a lot. Yeah. Um, you're a lot more able to still play, uh, in this game, even though like (laughs) when you're losing sanity in this game, there's this like sound effect that sounds like somebody's like constantly stirring mac and cheese. Yeah, <laughs> you get this really annoying like mac and cheese sound over your stereo while you're playing this game. Yeah, and I'm gonna drop in that vine right here. That's what good pussy sounds like. <laughs> All right, it just happened. Boom. Yeah, so I I think it's it's funny because like when you first start playing the game, it does feel like oh wow, it's like 2010 again. It's amnesia, right? Like yeah, you mm-hmm. hear the macaroni and cheese sound, you're in the dark, but then once again, then you remember that in the original game you couldn't see in the dark. So it was like they made it really difficult to conserve your matches and lantern oil, but then they also punished you really, really heavily for like losing it. Um, Mm. In this game, it's not like that. It's actually, well, first of all, I think lantern oil and matches are more plentiful in this game. Like you're still going to run out and you still have to manage them, but it feels more like a survival horror game where it's like, I need to manage my resources. If I run out of resources, I just have to run you know yeah uh, also i mean the the matches are still not easy to find you're gonna be breaking pots like zorlda you know what i mean uh like you're always looking for matches in places that aren't obvious you know yeah for sure but i do think that the kind of removing the super harsh penalty from that system makes it work a lot better uh the other thing is the sanity so yeah like you said if you're in the dark or you see a monster or whatever your sanity starts to drop uh and it's represented by these like creeping black vines that sort of grow over your screen Mm -hmm. um and it's basically like a combined sort of sanity health bar because if you get attacked by an enemy or you hit a trap or something which there are kind of like traps or things that can damage you in the environment later in the game Mm -hmm. uh the vines will start to grow eventually you get like pure tunnel vision and yeah at that point you either need to get away and catch your breath in the light or you need to take some laudanum which like i only found one of in the whole game i found one yeah exactly (laughs) maybe there's more yeah because the original game you found it everywhere yeah maybe that's just like a wink and a nod to the first game because yeah. they know that laudanum's poison or something. <laughs> yeah, they know that it's not good to be a heroin addict. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like that change also makes the game just a lot more manageable because you're actually moving with a purpose. You know, I think mm-hmm. in the original Amnesia, especially once you know that you're just kind of going to go crazy regardless. Uh, you're just wandering around randomly in the dark, getting lost a lot, and it can feel at the the low points of the game, it feels aimless. At the high points, it's tense. Um, the yeah. low points, it's aimless. I feel like this game kind of avoids that problem with these systems. Well, there, there, there was something I wanted to mention here, too, is that um, if if you're stuck in the dark too long, you'll like pass out from fear. There'll be like a little jump scare, but then you'll wake up again and you'll your fear will be manageable. Um, this game handles dying in a really weird way. A lot of times, uh, I found that uh, when I died, the game would actually move me forward instead of backwards to a checkpoint. Um, early on in the game, there's a puzzle with an elevator. 
uh, you have to put a crank on the elevator and you have to put a board across it so you can stand on the elevator while you crank it and go up to the second floor. Uh, I hadn't figured that out yet, but when I died, the game put me on the second floor. Like it knew I was like struggling to get to the second floor or something, but yeah. And then also, um, later on I was killed by a monster and it put me forward again and the monster wasn't there anymore. So I think the game does help you out more, uh, if you're struggling than the original did for sure. Yeah. I noticed a little bit of that. I don't think I ever got sent forward, but I did notice that there were the only times I got stuck like that was at a couple parts with really aggressive enemies and Mm -hmm. when i died i did get kicked back to like the beginning of the area but one place i died twice and the enemy was suddenly gone or another time a different place i died twice and then the enemy was like further away so like it was like in another room and then so i could it would give me like a head start basically so then i got kind of through the little maze and by the time i was towards the end of it he was like right behind me mm-hmm. so there is definitely some pretty complicated like checkpointing and difficulty adjustment stuff going on in the game when you die which yeah i think is cool it keeps the game from being like super frustrating i love that this game doesn't really show you a monster until maybe like an hour and a half or two hours in yeah and then the first time you see it you're like oh fuck you know i, I yeah. think it's great uh, uh, i think the slow burn in the intro is great if you stick with the game because it changes yeah you know yeah for sure and i think the other thing too is that if so if you're a fan of soma right like there is a ton of soma shit in this game but it's all in the second half so like the mo- you know even the monsters like the first monsters you meet they're creepy, but they're not that far off from like the original games, kind of like ghoul ghoul guys, you know? Mm. They're not invisible anymore, which is nice. Uh, but then like later in the game, you start seeing more and more monsters and they just get progressively more and more fucked up. And mm-hmm. like the last dudes that you meet are so freaky. They're like this almost like this weird somified version of like the classic Victorian ghost with a lantern uh trope yeah they they have like the kind of like flayed open chest but like the the flaps kind of look like cthulhu flaps or something yeah Yeah. it's super cool (laughs) and it's same with the environmental design where like basically as you explore the other world more you get to just see all of it and it gets more and more like i i keep saying like sci-fi fantasy because that's kind of what it feels like it's like very metroid prime where they're like sort of ancient looking but that's also yeah. like very, very high tech ancient futuristic spaceship stuff yeah yeah and the atmosphere and the environment and all those places reminded me a lot of soma um like it, it gets into that kind of like creepy sci-fi realm mm. which i thought was also super cool because going into this game once again you're like oh it's gonna be you know more like medieval feeling or more you know like old feeling and then surprisingly there's this huge like sci-fi element which is great i think these guys do sci-fi super well well i did appreciate the openness that this game gives an illusion of at certain points because you know right at the beginning of the game you find a cave and you're exploring this cave system because you have like nowhere else to go you end up popping into lovecraft world and it's just like a huge mountain vista 
And at points you're like climbing across the side of a mountain and it's just huge and massive and it seems like so vast, you know? Yeah. That's something that the first game never did. Maybe Soma did that kind of with some of the ocean scenes, which are some of the freakier scenes in the game, you know? Yeah, this game definitely takes that idea or those sections of that game and blows it up way bigger. Uh, mm-hmm. To the point where, like, those sections are awesome. Like, I would just be wandering around looking at the sky and, like, looking around yeah. at the environment because, like, they really nail that impossibly huge, you know, impossible to imagine or, like, conceive of environment, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think that is super cool. And once again, it's just one of those things that people only ever give you like a glimpse of right like in eternal darkness you're always kind of like inside somewhere there's only a couple scenes where you get to sort of look out and see like oh there's like a necropolis but it's also like Mm -hmm. it's just like a fucking low quality jpeg you know (laughs) this game it's it's actually you know because childhood illusion ruined yeah yeah exactly it's from 2002 like come on but like uh (laughs) this game it's actually like you're in the world it's super immersive it's super crazy uh the the environments are huge like it's still pretty clear where you're supposed to go like you you're not gonna get lost you might get lost at a couple places but yeah i got lost you didn't get lost uh (laughs) not really i'm trying to get lost i think Uh, there are some uh multi-step puzzles that if you're not really paying attention um that you can really get screwed and not know what to do um, there's one early on with um, a tank, and you have to uh, make a bullet to shoot out of the tank so you can yeah. like blow open some doors. Um, two of the ingredients you have to like make in this one building, and then the third ingredient's actually in a previous building that you had already explored and overlooked. So uh, that w- that's confusing if you're not paying attention to the clues. Yeah, you have to pay attention to the notes that have clues or directions in them. Like, you don't have to pay attention to every note, but if it says, this is where this is, or I turned this off, like, you should pay attention, because that means you need to go there, or you need to turn that thing on. Um, And then later on, there are, like, some, uh, you know, you have to get a a portal working. So uh, there's there's a multi-step process to getting all the parts together and then powering it up and uh, some of those are some of those steps are in completely different areas, so uh, I think they do a uh, long term or long form puzzles sort of interesting in this game. It's it's not like you have to flip a switch and the switch is in the next room, like you're yeah. working on these puzzles for a minute. Yeah, so I was gonna bring that up, but like I love the puzzles in this game. I think they're yeah. so fucking good because like yeah, so a lot of them have that kind of mist feel yes uh where it's like you enter a room there's a task that it's pretty easy to see you know you can see the thing you need to complete but then you need to go around you need to start collecting clues you need to go to different areas and yeah some of them will send you on pretty long hikes you know Mm -hmm. but they're all logical like it's possible to figure them all out despite the fact that they are increasingly obtuse as the game goes on, like the game will keep giving you hints and clues within the game world, whether it's notes or drawings and all that kind of thing. And so, yeah, like I, some of them I spent a long time on just like wandering around and trying to puzzle out, but I felt that it was enjoyable rather than frustrating. Like I thought it was really awesome. And I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed the time that I spent just kind of like 
wandering around and trying to like figure these puzzles out because of the way that they're designed and the fact that there is like a, a pretty easy to see concrete solution. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's in really the exploration and the puzzles both are in a stark contrast to the first game. Cause like the first game had stuff like puzzles that make no fucking sense at all. Cause it's just like you had to do some chemistry shit and flip some switches, but it like made no sense. Right. And you're just like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like the first puzzle, some of the first puzzles in that game are like not very logical and it mm. kind of just sets the tone that you're like, Oh, this game's just going to fuck with me until it's done. Um, this game's not like that. The other thing is that when you are kind of lost in this game or wandering around, it's I I found that it wasn't in areas that were super unwelcoming or that it took me so long to find my way out that I was just like frustrated. Uh, I'm of course thinking of like the basement maze in the first game where you're just in pitch black. You you've gone through all your items. There's multiple monsters lurking and you're just like, totally fucking lost and all the way i solved that part was just to wander around aggressively until i figured it out and yeah, like there's no like nightmare scenarios in this one like that generally if if you're going to be stumped on a puzzle you don't have to worry about the monster yeah exactly and and i think too that it's like like i said i think they're all logical enough and they all draw from the game world and the notes you've been collecting which you can look at at any time that if you take a second and you puzzle it out, you can, you can find the solution on your own without a guide or anything. And some of them are just like overly pragmatic. Like you need to grab the board next to the elevator. Like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, that puzzle specifically, see, this is what I mean. Like the early part of this game is so different from the later part of this game. Cause like that puzzle is straight out of penumbra. Like, Mm. there is a puzzle right in the beginning of Phenumbra where there's like a little gap you can't get over and you have to grab a board and set it there. And the first time I played that game, it took me forever. Cause I was like, why would I think to pick up a piece of garbage and walk on it? Like, I'm not going to do did that. it twice. Yeah. And so in this <laughs> game, when it did it right away, I was like, wow, are we like really actually in 2010? But then yeah. like the later puzzles are so good. I mean, like there's an okay puzzle in that same building where you like break the floor but yeah, like, I like that one. That's okay. But the later puzzles are so like artful and crazy and complex that I was like, oh, this is like the good shit. <laughs> you got to get that alien juice and power up the, the mother base. You know? Hell yeah, dude. I mean, maybe <laughs> it's just the games we've been playing lately, but I feel like it's been like an actual year since we played something with good puzzles. So I was like losing mm. my mind when I played this game. Cause like, we're always either playing old survival horror games where the puzzles are just like really like shitty or just pieces. Yeah. Or we're playing like more action oriented stuff where if they put in a puzzle, it's like, why did you even put this in the game? Mm. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that we're playing this game and next week's game back to back because, uh, I'll be interested, interested to see what you uh, say about, uh, visage next week after playing this. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I was super I was super into the puzzles and the exploration. I feel like, you know, maybe there's a part of this game that's like if you like this company, it's interesting to see how they've changed and evolved over time. Like it is satisfying to see them kind of go back and do this style of game again. Mm. Um even though I was initially not like super into that idea just because uh, I wanted them to do something crazy and unexpected and new, you know? Sure. 
Well, you got Lovecraft World, so that's tight, you know? Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Well, okay, should we talk a little bit more about the world and the story and all that kind of stuff? Spoiler Uh, drop. Yeah, so let's just say here's the spoiler tag. Welcome to the spoiler zone. Yeah, okay, so the setup of this game is, like James said, you're in a plane crash in the beginning of the game. You are separated from a group of kind of like scientists and researchers who are coming to this area. It's vague, right? Like, I'm not just forgetting. I kind of, like, never really figured out what they were doing there exactly. Yeah, well, I assume they're, like, an archaeological team just because of what happens later. Yeah, so you crash, you survive the crash, and you wake up in the desert. And you start exploring the desert uh, around you to try and figure out what happened and how to survive. And so pretty quickly... In the first couple areas, the game starts to reveal, both through those flashbacks and through loading screens, what's going on with your character, mm-hmm. um, which is basically that you were out there with your husband, uh, Salim, and at some point you got separated and there was an accident. So you're kind of marooned, you're trying to find the rest of your team, and around the same time that you find out that he's super dead... Um, <laughs> you also find out that you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like significantly pregnant, like showing pregnant. Like how well, she get pregnant so fast? N- see, that's that's the thing is you aren't right away. Like when you when they first tell you you're pregnant, you're normal, and then she keeps having these moments where she gets attacked and blacks out, and then wakes up. And each time that she wakes up, her her stomach is bigger. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh so there is like a real cronenberg body horror vibe like to the way that this game treats uh the main character's pregnancy which i was surprised to say that i didn't find it to be tasteless like (laughs) i mean i have such like low expectations after playing outlast 2 which did something Mm. similar uh, that I was like, oh, this is going to be super tasteless at some point, isn't it? And it's not actually. Um, and I also didn't think that it like made the character super one dimensional either. Mm. Like, you know, later on they reveal more and more of like her backstory and why she's really like attached to this child. Besides the fact that it's just like her child. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was actually really well done. And the weird like cronenbergian horror vibe of her being pregnant was also really cool yeah well it's not just her getting more and more pregnant also it's that like every time she passes out and wakes up you can see like how fucked up her arms and skin are yeah so she's like slowly turning into a monster yeah yeah that's the other thing that's going (laughs) on uh but also uh points to this game for being the second game i've played this year where you can check on your baby for points (laughs) Oh, yeah, hold circle to check baby. Oh, yeah, totally. I think for me it was B because he's an Xbox controller. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, 
uh, just like Death Stranding, you can check on your baby and there's benefits nice. to it. So always check on your baby. It was kind of like, I don't know, later on, uh, there are some uh, button prompts that are kind of like, okay, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was interesting to see that I think that this game did that pretty well. Like I, I was never like, oh, like fuck this, or like, yeah. oh, that seems shitty to the character or disrespectful. Like, it's actually well done. Yeah, uh, I, this is a me problem, but I think uh, as a uh, non-parent, as and as an anti-parent, I'm a vehement anti-parent. Uh, <laughs> it, it it found uh, I found it hard to relate to the protagonist. Um, but that's a me thing. Yeah, I mean, the thing I was, I think that's cool about it, and and yeah, like, I can't, I don't want kids. I mean, like, I don't, you know, I don't relate to the, like, child in trouble thing, but, like, I do think that, so, like, child in trouble, huge trope in movies, right? Like, movies love to take a cute kid and dangle him over a pit and, like, pl- like play with your emotions, especially horror movies, right? That's, like the second oldest trick in the horror movie book besides something jumping out at you is like child in, in peril. Um, and it's something that you don't see a lot in video games. I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think it's also partially because it's a first person. If it's a first person game, like this one is, um, you would have to create some sort of like bond between like the Mm. player and the child uh and i think that the way that this game does that is really impressive like i've never seen something do it quite like this or do it as well um which is that the game literally you know tries to simulate the experience of the the child being inside of you so like you can like check on it and you talk to it it'll like kick and you can check on it Mm -hmm. and like it also you know the character keeps like vocally like referring to the child you know not just talking to to the child but also like like if she falls the first thing she'll say when she gets up is like oh shit oh shit and she'll start like rubbing her stomach you know and like (laughs) that actually sort of fixes the this like game narrative problem where the the character always talks to themselves yeah they're actually talking to the player yeah exactly and i i think that it does that and it also like it added this realism to it that a good horror movie that does the child in trouble thing does right. Like where you're constantly thinking about the kid and the, and it keeps like referring back to the kid so Mm. that when the parent starts freaking out, it's not necessarily like a, can you relate to it thing? It's more of like, Oh, like you've just been put into this scenario. Right. So it's like, like the Babadook does that super well. Um, Oh yeah, totally. Just because like the kid has been like, such a focal point for the first part of the movie. And you're just like, man, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? And then later on, it's like, Oh, it's like not the kid. Like (laughs) we should be worried about the kid. And then for the rest of the movie, you're just like horrifically worried about this kid. Nah, dude, feed it to the monster. Little bastards annoying. Okay. So this, this is very clearly a you problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of kids around me. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, like I, I was like super surprised to see it. Cause I was just like, oh yeah, like I've never seen a game actually do it the way that movies do it. Cause I think that in mm. a game, 
it would be more like press X to Jason, you know, which is like in heavy rain where it's like, your son is missing. Go Jason. find your son. And you're just walking around going, Jason, Jason. Yeah. yeah. And it's just Jason. like, oh, I don't have any emotional attachment to this. Like, Jason. I don't know who the fuck this kid is. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. He seems kind of like a douchebag. Like, mm-hmm. um, I like that this game puts you so inside the character's once again, the inside the character's body. I think that was something I said that I really liked about Soma. Um, it's one of those, it's like the, these guys are obsessed with like the feeling of being inside of a body in a video game. Mm, yeah. And I think that's made them make some really interesting design choices and decisions to like center you inside the body of like the avatar you're playing as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- well, they did it really well with Soma with the body swapping stuff. Yeah, for sure. But I think that this game actually does a lot of things that Soma does without being as on the nose about it. Like in Soma, it being on the nose isn't a bad thing. Like that's like literally the point of the story is like, what does it mean to have a soul? Where does it reside? You know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the same with like at the end of the game, there's not so much a moral choice, but kind of like your character makes a decision and then it sort of explores like the reality of it, you know? Um, this game also does that with the ending, but once again, it's just, it's not like the point of the whole narrative. Um, there are just choices you can make at the end and then the game just sort of like examines them. So I think once again, like it's easy to say that this game is a step down from Soma because it's like not philosophical, but it actually is pretty like deep in its own way. Like in the way that it explores bodies and body horror and also the ending being just like totally wacky. Mm, yeah, uh, totally. In that regard. Well, I, I guess moving on with the story, um, as you're exploring, you find out that um, something bad has happened to your crew, and uh, some of them have actually been like turning into monsters, just like you are. And it turns out that like the monsters that you've been seeing are your old crew mates. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool, because... There's a point where one of the monsters even has like a moment of clarity and starts talking to your character and tells her to run and stuff like that. Uh, I wish there was a little more like emotional connection to those people. So like that had a little more impact when it happened. I still thought it was really cool though. Yeah. Once again, that's another thing that was in Soma as an element. It was like, you're part of this crew that all slowly goes crazy. And then you're kind of like exploring the world after uh i agree i actually think it's done better in soma um but it's mostly because i think the you know the the voice acting and the character interactions in soma are just a lot more relatable like Mm. you know this is still somewhat an old-timey game i think it's in the 30s right yeah i think so in soma everyone's just like uh just a normal person you know (laughs) yeah uh yeah and so like uh, there's that aspect and also I think that Soma once again the amnesia approach or the amnesiac approach is kind of weird it's always going to be kind of weird because like you just feel sort of disconnected from what's going on um, whereas I think in Soma actually making the player character someone who wasn't a part of the events that led mm-hmm. to like 
where you are now is actually kind of a cool choice because then you're learning who the characters are from scratch and finding out the stuff about the characters and not trying to relate it back to yourself. Like, yeah, you're just like, oh, this person is doing this or this person is doing this or, oh, this person is fucking just drinking structure gel like a total freak. Like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In this game, it's a little more weird and confusing because you're kind of like trying to relate everything together but the game is also very clearly focused on Tazi as like a character and the head of the story and so mm-hmm. yeah it feels like that shit's a little more background I do love how it, it, the way it felt like discovering parts of the Lovecraft world like once you finally solve that tank puzzle and you fire the tank uh, it actually like sinks into the ground and like breaks into like a uh, the underground like aqueducts of this little village yeah and then you start exploring down there and then you explore deeper and you find like um like this ancient civilization stuff that ends up being the lovecraft world but that that um that sense of discovery in this game is so much stronger than the original game i think it is because of like the great vistas and set pieces yeah, uh, a lot of that ancient uh, architecture is really cool, like the big statues and things like that. And then you start finding, you know, like weird stuff, like um, like door opening prisms that you can carry around and shit like that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the other world because I think it's the coolest part of this game for sure. Uh, yeah, like I said, halfway through, a lot of the game starts to take place in this other world. Um, Early on, you get little glimpses, and then once you're plunged fully in, you're allowed to explore it. You get to see a lot of outside scenes, like you were saying, these huge vistas, crazy skylines, like just total like mind-bending stuff. Um, it's got a totally different color scheme and feel. Um, sort of dark and gothic, but then shot through with these really crazy colors. Mm-hmm. Uh which is awesome uh and then you know once you actually get to go inside places as well you get to see a little bit more about this world and you find out that it actually has like a civilization uh which i thought was such a cool i don't know if i can consider it a twist but it felt like a twist because initially you're just like oh it's like it's kind of like how lovecraft describes the other worlds where it's like everyone's just monsters you know oh tuneless piping and beating of drums and like it's like just a bunch of racist cobbledygook you know (laughs) i couldn't understand what they were saying it's like oh yeah okay hp fucking loser (laughs) uh fucking dill hole anyway but so instead of that they actually twist it into like oh no there's like a civilization here and it's very weird you know and it's it's this kind of like futuristic alchemical uh sort of society where like yeah it's not magic but it's not it's not quite science well um, their whole society runs on this juice right yeah and so <laughs> i don't know it's kind of weird maybe you can help me explain it but it seems like there are uh like these places where you like torture people and you get all their juice and then like yes. that juice runs their society yeah so they have all these machines that uh when they have yeah like you were saying they have weird ways of transferring you know power like these little crazy like power conductor things but yeah there's this like blue goo that seems to power everything uh 
And in a very, very Soma-like scene, you find out how the sausages are made. Uh, <laughs> and you also choose whether or not you want to make some sausage yourself. Oh, we made uh, the sausage. Oh, yeah. We both definitely made the sausage. But uh, basically, <laughs> you end up in a chamber that you have to power on. And once you do, there's just like a dude in a tube who's like yelling at you and you can't understand him. Uh, but he's in a machine that has like a, a bunch of very very threatening looking arms and Mm -hmm. if you follow the instructions on the wall you kind of like assemble it into this crazy torture machine and then you uh torture him to get his juice you have to collect his garmonbosia yeah okay that's like a garmonbosia based society i was literally like oh they do garmonbosia (laughs) instead Uh, of capitalism it's a garmonbosiaism yeah, well, there's even some notes about it where they're like, we found the perfect ratio of like how to torture people uh, to to balance like the three emotions, which are like, you know, fear, pain and something else. And I was like, OK, this is Garmin Bose. Yeah, I, I can't believe they uh, they made a even worse social system. Yeah, exactly. If you thought capitalism was bad, <laughs> how about this torture-based economy we just discovered? <laughs> uh, Right-wingers Googling it. Yeah. You said what? <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. I got some labor to eat. I can power my truck off of their pure suffering? <laughs> well, hell yeah. Pop the hood and it's just like some tortured dude. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's it's crazy too because then like once again the the environmental design of this world is super cool because at this point you've seen these little pods that these kind of like shadowy figures are inside of and mm-hmm. you kind of realize that they're literally just people being tortured all over this land and it's like that's how they like power the world and it's it's kind of vague like who it's supporting they clearly refer to like a matriarch um and then there are these sort of like alchemists who work in these labs you're exploring but you don't get a lot of other detail Uh, to me it seemed like a dead society and the only thing that was left was this like ghosty goddess woman and monsters yeah and then i guess some people stuck like left over in the tube yeah i think that is what it is but like if you look in those pods those people are alive yeah like and i i think like time doesn't run there or time is like weird there yeah maybe that explains her getting pregnant so fast or yeah i don't know yeah exactly um and it's uh it's super cool because uh like you get all these different scenes that show you that it's kind of a dead society. I think the coolest one is one of the first times you get to go into a lab, you can go outside of the lab and it's like the architecture is really crazy. Like I was saying, it's this weird kind of ornate, uh, like Gothic architecture, but it's all just like dark stone and glowing lights. Mm -hmm. Um, and you get to go outside and you see this crazy kind of like balcony. And at the head of it, there's just like this huge dead queen, that's like yeah. and you find like a note that's like oh yeah this is the queen <laughs> and it's just this huge like dead body hooked up to like a life support machine that's like funneling vitae into her you know i got that juice <laughs> yeah dude she's sorry dude, lady 
She's fucking lit off that juice, dude. My, my baby need that juice. <laughs> my baby needs that juice. All right, give me that juice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's so cool. I think that once again, if you like, you know, that that kind of Lovecraftian horror, or I know people like that about Bloodborne. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's maybe some of that vibe to this game. This game's just like Bloodborne. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Listen, I played 20 minutes of Bloodborne, so I can co-sign that statement. Oh, word. Uh, <laughs> next week. Next week. Me on my 20 minutes with Bloodborne. Yeah, we should review the first 20 minutes of Bloodborne for <laughs> April 1st or something. Do a two-hour episode about the first 20 minutes of Bloodborne. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sure actually someone's done that not as a joke already. <laughs> GameSpot? <laughs> yeah. What is that channel I was, I was joking on? Uh, what culture gaming probably is the <laughs> top 10 moments from the first 20 minutes of Bloodborne. You won't believe it. <laughs> nice. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's got, hey man, it's got those vibes. It's so fucking mm-hmm. cool. I mm-hmm. love it. But anyway, so you, you know, by this point in the game, we're talking about closer to the end. It really is only taking place in like the other world. Um, Mostly. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause there's a, you know, at a certain point in the game, early on, you can see that portals will open up to this other world. And so you're kind of going back and forth, but you're only in the other world for a little bit. At this point, it's totally flipped where you're just in the fucking other world and you're sometimes taking portals back to like the real world. Um, yeah, there's a point where you're very pregnant and you quote unquote escape the Lovecraft world through a portal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're so pregnant at this point, you're like going to deliver at any moment yeah so you know you're back in the regular world and you like get to this village and you finally like meet up with the doctor in your group that like helps you deliver this baby and uh yeah there's a lot of like press f to push baby out of your body (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean once again i will say that the scene where you like give birth is so much more tasteful and less disgusting than the scene in uh at last two mm. man jesus christ i could go that i could do a fucking three hour episode about the last 20 minutes of outlast two <laughs> just me like screaming uh in frustration at how horrible they how horrible that game is now horribly they handled uh the themes they chose to handle but i, I wouldn't know i only played the first 20 minutes yeah, you know, at some point we're just gonna have to fucking just cross that bridge and do Outlast 2, but that game is not good. Later. We'll do it later. Later. Another, another to be time. be determined. Another time. I mean, you know, it might be interesting too. I don't think you would like it, but if you did, it would be interesting to talk about, because, like, I was kind of on that game's side for the mm. first maybe the first half of it like i was like into it and it does some things better than the first game but then the last half is just i don't know how you could defend it but it w- i would be curious to talk to someone who did like that game it doesn't seem like it's a super beloved game or anything so i don't no. know if i'm actually gonna get anyone who will jump out the window and be like no that mm-hmm. game's great but no. yeah anyway what were we talking about <laughs> sorry uh, uh, we're talking about uh, pressing F to uh, deliver baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was saying, like, it's cool how the game jumps you between the other world and the real world. And there's even a section where, like, you can open up p- 
portals just to like little tiny sections of the other world and it's like i don't know i thought that was really cool but yeah eventually you uh you make your way back to the village uh and you have your baby (laughs) uh steals your baby and yeah so you meet the doctor you've been searching for he helps you have your baby and he steals your fucking baby and this is a cool twist i thought which is that the whole game they've been hinting that you did something mm-hmm. that fucked them all over and that everything that has happened is your fault mm-hmm. and the timeline of this game has also been super confusing as well because like you're finding your crewmates and you pretty quickly realize that despite what the game was suggesting in the opening like you didn't just crash land like a, a minute ago like something happened you know yeah. and you've been kind of stuck in this place for a while and so have your crewmates but for some reason like you're the only one who forgot uh, for some reason you woke up in your airplane at the beginning of the game well the game clears all that up pretty quickly though because <laughs> in the next scene they tell you that uh basically that that goddess woman who you've been seen as a ghost uh mm-hmm. and you thought your character has been on the fence about whether or not they're friendly they seem friendly uh turns out that that's like the dead queen of this whole world it's basically the god of this world and she wanted your baby and you told her no mm-hmm. uh because you had already lost a child which you'd know if you're paying attention to the loading screens of course <laughs> yeah uh and so you told her no and so she basically doomed all of your crewmates to turn into these horrible monsters called harvesters and then she sent you back and wiped your memory so that you would go through this whole scenario in which you would emerge a green to give her your child what okay yeah okay i did i did i i missed that and that's silly Oh, no, I like that. I thought it was cool because it was like she's like the re it explains everything that happened. And it's like she wanted to she wanted you or slash needed you to like make the choice yourself. So she puts you through all this hell so that you would make the decision yourself. But then she could have given you amnesia. And so you didn't even know about your first baby that you lost. And so it'd be like, oh, uh, you're actually impregnated with a demon baby. You better give me that because it's a bad baby. Yeah. <laughs> You <laughs> that bad baby. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cool because it's sort of like that, you know, bargain with an evil god kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. you yeah. know part part Lovecraft and part the original horror writer God. Uh, you may have heard of his book, The Bible, the number one <laughs> best selling horror novel of all time. It's kind of has that feel to it though. So I was like, oh, that's neat. You know, but then the game gives you a choice at the end. And once again, I also thought this was well done. Uh, the game never pops up like a dialogue box. It's like, do you want to give the eldritch horror your baby? <laughs> uh, it actually is just like, there's a scene where the eldritch abomination explains the deal to you and then leaves mm-hmm. the room. And so basically your choices are you can either leave your baby in the room and walk out. You can run away with your baby or you can kill her. Yeah. And uh, run away with your baby. Uh, I don't, you can't do both. Oh, you can't. Okay. No. So, mm. th- so this is okay. So this is an interesting thing. Basically right before the last area, you do this puzzle where you inject 
this Vitae pump with some sort of like poison. Yeah. And it like freaks out, blows up and shoots horrible, deadly demon flesh everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as you do. And so when you get to the actual last area, you find this like note and a diagram and it's like, this is how you can kill her. You just have to go to her throne room and inject this into all the pumps in her throne room. And so when you get to that part in the game, you, like I said, you have that choice. It's pretty clear how you would run away and escape with your baby, right? That's the good ending. The bad ending is also really clear. Like you just leave your baby, you walk out and she kills you. Um, But then there's the third ending, which is what I did because I was like, well, I guess I'll do the one that's the most work because I feel like it might be Mm. the best ending. Uh, And it's definitely not in the sense of like good ending, bad ending. Like it's almost like the extreme bad ending, but it's also very fucking cool. Okay. Yeah. I think maybe I half asked that ending. Because I remember in injecting two juices, but I think there's four things you have to inject. Yeah. So maybe four. I injected like half the juices and then stole the baby. Yeah. Did you? So do you got away with your baby? Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. back in Paris with my baby. So that's the good ending, which okay. was sort of confusing to me because it was like, is she still a ghoul? Did we get some? You don't get closure on that. Yeah. Because uh, she was like a ghoul. She's fucked up looking. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like a corpse. Yeah. And so she just shows back up in Paris on the street with a baby and she's like a ghoul. Like if she doesn't <laughs> have her house keys, what is she going to do? Go knock on her neighbor's door and be like, oh, hello, bonjour. And then they're just like, oh my God, a fucking ghoul, dude, with a <laughs> go baby. S- go straight to the fucking hospital. <laughs> yeah. You probably. get an ointment for this. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got any of that ghoul ointment? <laughs> um, y- y'all got that juice? I need that juice. <laughs> But yeah, so there's that ending. There's the one where you leave your baby and she just kills you. And that's kind of a cool visual where it shows you this weird, like, kind of shot of the other world. But the one that I did where you kill her, Mm -hmm. uh, you go around and you inject all the pumps. And they say multiple times that they're like, we're going to die. She's like talking to her baby. And I just did it anyway because I was like, I don't know. Let's see where this goes. So you do that. You kill her. And it basically pans out. And you see that whole tower, like, explode. Uh, and then in the foreground, it's actually a really cool ending. Like it's, there's a, the background is a tower in the foreground is one of those like torture chambers where there's like a shadowy kind of silhouette person struggling inside of it. And, uh, basically as the tower explodes, it just like slowly powers down. And that's like the mm. end of the game. Do you think this game has like a, a, a message that's like dug deep in there? You know, that's a good question because so I liked the ending I got because it was very Soma, right? Mm. But I also think I don't really think it has some sort of like strong themes or messaging. Okay, because I was thinking about it because this game, it it makes it very clear that it's happening in French Algiers, which Mm -hmm. was uh, North North Africa that was colonized by the French. Yes. And had a pretty hairy fucking history. Like, yes, really bad. And then there's this like Lovecraft layer with its, you know, clear classicism, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because, you know, the poor people get, you know, juiced and then the rich queen eats all the juice. I don't know. If, if, it, if it's trying to say something societal, it's like either too veiled or too corny, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, 
I felt like it was more just like I said earlier. I mean, I think what separates it from Soma, which had a strong, you know, messaging to it, mm-hmm. is that it really is just an adventure horror tale. Mm. Uh, I think that it has a lot of uh, evocative imagery and it has a lot of emotional heft just because of the way that the world is set up and the characters are set up. And, you know, it's got like that scene where you torture the guy. Like, that's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weighty in those ways, but yeah, I think in terms of like an overall theme, it, it doesn't really seem or like a strong message. I don't think it seems to have one. Um, yeah. I don't think that would have been like much of a stretch to build into it either. Cause I think there's some stuff there. I don't know. It's, it's true. I don't disagree with you, but I also appreciate the game for just being like a little bit lighter in that true. regard. Yeah. And like, cause like I said, it still feels heavy because of, the things that go on in the game and the choices you make, but it's kind of like, I wouldn't expect any artist to just make this one thing every time. And you know, most art is enriched by being able to change it up and do things that are a little bit lighter sometimes. Yeah. I was just kind of like expecting more of a deeper layer because of Soma, you know? Sure. They, they pushed that so far as the, I, I don't know. I was, I wanted it to be there. So I was looking for it, you know, and it wasn't. Yeah, I kind of got that early on that it wasn't going to be there just because they Mm -hmm. were like, they were focusing on this character and focusing on her survival. And so it was just kind of like, oh yeah, like that's the focus. You know, I mean, maybe there is, yeah, like you said, maybe there are some things like buried within there. I mean, I guess ultimately it's like this story about these people who are trying to like kill God and you do kill God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at the end like yeah and there's you know the the fact that it takes place in algeria and like there are some light references to like people being racist and like you know the fact that this place was like colonized uh and once again, then you like flip into this hell world where literally everyone is colonized <laughs> like yeah. everyone is just like forced into torture chambers and stuff so mm-hmm. I, I think that once again there are some things that are just light themes or things that are sort of like sprinkled into the story but it is really just a story about this like pregnant lady trying to survive this crazy scenario you know gotta save that baby you gotta save that baby evil within too <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that I I was just really impressed with how they managed to do that. Because like I said, it's something you see in film so much, but I've never had mm-hmm. a game do that right. You know. Yeah, and, and you know, I want I want to hear more from the haters because a lot of people don't like this game. And there's been a little bit of uh, people on the fence in the Discord about it too, so it'll be interesting to have that discourse. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people wanted something more like Soma. Or something more like Amnesia. And Amnesia Rebirth isn't really like either game in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, but it's also like both in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's kind of a hard line to ride. And that's maybe why so many people are like turned off. Like, you know, one thing that's interesting, I think the pacing of this game is a lot snappier than either game. Like it's a lot quicker once it gets going than amnesia and even than mm-hmm. Soma because Soma kind of moved at a slower pace throughout and just kept escalating the tension, you know? Yeah. Um, this game, it really, you know, steps on the gas when it wants to. Totally. Yeah. 
there's even a couple chase se- uh, sequences that I thought were actually well done. Yeah, I think the problem with the um, the chase sequences in the first game is just like um, there's so many active enemies and just like hallways where you have to solve a puzzle. Uh, you're always just bumping into the enemies at inopportune moments. But the chase scenes here are like they're kind of detached from the puzzles and everything. Yeah, I don't know. I think that works for it. Yeah, for sure. And it's also cool because some of them even still send you either through areas that you've already been through or areas that feel like the places you've already been through. Mm -hmm. So it kind of avoids that weird feeling that some games have where they like suddenly are pointing you on a racetrack when you've been exploring a building this whole time. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's cool because the first monster you meet in the game that I mentioned earlier you're doing all these puzzles in this like fort building uh as you're basically wrapping it up a monster shows up and chases you out of that place yeah so like you exit the fort like okay i'm done with that place i don't have to worry about it even though there's a fucking monster roaming free in it and then so you go and do more puzzles in this armory and then you realize like oh shit to get this last ingredient i have to go back into that fort where that monster is and you just dread it you know yeah totally and i had some really great near misses in this game that just made it feel a lot more like alive and vivid than uh any of their older games did like Mm. that that building i ran in and then ran the fuck back out because he like spotted well i was sneaking in and then he spotted me so i grabbed the thing i needed and just ran the fuck back out uh Mm -hmm. Late in the game, oh, it's probably my favorite part of the game. There's like basically an underground hive of the monsters you've been seeing, like throughout the whole game, and it's mm-hmm. like so fucking tense and scary because there's like dozens and dozens of these monsters everywhere, and like you're supposed to sneak around, which I did, but I also like right at the end of that sequence, I got caught and I just fucking ran the Sprinted. whole rest of the way. Yeah, same, and it worked, and I was like, oh, that's like. I don't know. It's really good. I think that if those older games by this company uh, left you feeling like there's something lacking in like the enemy encounters or the way that you interact with the world, I think this game is a, is a cut above in that regard. Totally. I would much rather play this than the first Amnesia. Like, in terms of replayability. Yeah. For sure. Well, and I think just the storytelling being better means that it would be more satisfying to replay because you could actually pay more attention to the notes, pay more attention to the flashbacks and be mm. like, oh, I actually get who this character is now. I get what's going on in this scenario. Like, I'll probably replay this game eventually just for that reason. Can we change the name, though? <laughs> Rebirth? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's a dumb it's a dumb name for so many reasons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like Remake, which is no... And then you realize it's about like having a child and it's like fucking no dude like <laughs> no yeah for sure no it's a that's the name is probably the worst thing about this game oh rebirth because it's her second child i get it no it's still still not good no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to be yeah. in that boardroom beating yeah so i can slap all of them yeah come on guys you're better than this they should have called it like amnesia resurrection just kidding <laughs> Yes, much better, of course. Amnesia uh, salvation. Amnesia, this time it's in the desert. <laughs> yeah, amnesia mac and cheese in the sand. Amnesia, call of not Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> call of Juarez? 
<laughs> Amnesia, call of royalty free Eldritch Horror. <laughs> We're not giving that estate a fucking dime. Yeah, fuck those people. Uh, I, I, three and a half stars, maybe? I love this game. I thought it was great. Really? I think it's going to age well, too. I think it's one of those games where, like, it's easy to say that, like, Soma's better, but then you're going to have those moments where you're like, oh, you know, I think I kind of actually would rather play this game. Yeah, I mean, short term, people are not loving it. I want to see how people will think about it, you know, after a year. For sure. And I think especially, I mean, since Amnesia is such a legacy game now, Mm. like, I feel like legacy wise this game is going to have a longer tail because like imagine that you play the first game or the first two games and then you pop this on as the third one like that's fucking cool man that's a huge jump up you know and like totally different experience yeah i don't know why people are hating on it so much i guess it also it's just a bad time to release games like you're releasing your game on halloween with like 30 other horror games you know they gotta stop like companies have gotta stop trying to drop all the horror games in october it's just stupid and then nothing comes out from february to fucking june like come on guys like we play video games all year shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah totally it's like and even if you want people to be playing on halloween like drop it in september then because like then like people will be able to afford it by the time halloween rolls around (laughs) And they'll have cleared out whatever, you know, games that they're playing right now. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of harebrained. I agree. Well, whoever their publisher is, like, stop it. Don't do it again. Word. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I love this game. I thought it was great. I think that if if you're sleeping on it, uh, stop it. (laughs) It definitely doesn't suck. Yeah. There are a lot of suck games you can play uh, this spooky season. Don't fucking buy Layers of Fear 2. Play this. Yeah, oh, for sure. Or Layers of Fear 1. Or just any of the mediocre, like, first-person horror exploration adventure games. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many bad ones. Like, this is a really, really good one by the people who helped to, if not invent, then at least, like, codify what it is to be in the genre. So, just fucking play it. It's Game Club. We are staying on the new game path. We have Visage next week. You guys know about this shit? Just fucking scary, dude. This is one of them scary games. Y'all got scary games? Shit's crazy, dude. And after that, we got Noli. An oldie but a goodie. And you voted for it. Well, some of you voted for it. Via our Patreon. Uh, yeah. We're playing Silent Hill Origins. What? The Origins? They got an origin story? I got it. Read that story. In a game that I play. You can too. See you in there.